Ashley Brock, Green Knight, Palmer's book, JB, Chapter 11. As it happened, they managed to get around the tree in their raincoats and walk out to the main highway. It was still raining, but the storm was over. Marge got on her cell phone and called her friend Barbara, who phoned one of the local firemen and an off-duty officer who agreed to pick them up and take them to the hospital. When they got there, J.B. was in the emergency room, sitting on an examining table, grinning. He had a cut across his forehead and a bruise on his bare shoulder, but his spirits seemed perfectly unstable unstoppable till he almost ran to him almost but just as he tensed to do it a blonde head came into view under jb's other arm bella in tears sobbing as she clung to jb's bare chest mommy how happy she was that he was bad he wasn't badly hurt she drew back and marge and now and the girls joined her out of sight of jb and bella you go ahead she told him but don't tell him i was here okay marge nodded the others agreed they understood without a word of explanation Go on out front, honey, Marge said gently. We'll find you there when we're through. Okay, thanks, Tilly said huskily. With a forced smile, her heart was breaking all over again. As Marge and the girls moved into the cubicle, Tilly walked back to the front entrance where there were chairs and a sofa around the information desk. She couldn't bring herself to walk into that room. J.B. hadn't looked as if he disliked Bella, despite what Marge had told her about his anger that Bella had spilled the beans about Telly's past. He looked amazingly content, and his arm had been firm and close around Bella's shoulders. Why? Tilly asked herself. Did she call continually bash her stupid head against brick walls. Love was such a painful emotion. Someday she promised herself she was going to learn how to turn it off, at least as far as J.B. Hammock was concerned. She didn't see Bella walk past the waiting room. Charlie looked up until Marge and the girls came back. back. He's going to be all right, Marge told her, hugging her gently. Just a few cuts and bruises, nothing else. Let's go home. Tilly smiled back, but only with her eyes. J.B. buttoned his shirt with while Bella stood waiting with his tie, he felt empty. Tilly hadn't even bothered to come and see about him. Another than reason years had hurt so much. She's finally given up on him for good. We can get out, but let's fix you something nice for breakfast, Bella said, hungry brightly. I'm not hungry. Took the time, put it in place. At least Marge and the girls cared enough to brave the storm to see me. Tilly couldn't be bothered, I guess. He said bitterly. She was in the waiting room, Bella said. She went out, doing what? Bella shrugged one thing on crying. Crying. She she'd come to see about him after all, but she hadn't come in the room. Then he remembered that when Marge and the girls came in, he had Bella in his arms. He winced mentally. No wonder Tilly had taken off like that. She thought he looked down at Bella Bella shrewdly. I'm gonna have to let Albert go. He said with a calculated sadness, with all the damage the storm did to the house and barn, I'm going to go in the hole for sure. It's been a bad year for cattle ranchers anyway. Well, it was, was very so. You mean, you might lose everything. He nodded. Well, I don't mind hard work. It's a challenge to start from scratch. You can move in with me, Bella. And take over the house, cooking and clean. Oh, I have an invitation from my aunt in the Bahamas to come stay the summer with the relatives. Ones. I'm really sorry, JB, but I'm not the pioneer type, and I hate houseworking. She smiled. It was fun while it lasted. Yes, he said, hiding a smile. It was. The next day was taken up finding insurance adjusters and contractors repair the damage at the ranch. He lost several head of livestock to injuries from fallen trees and flying debris. The barn would have to be rebuilt and the front part of the house would need some repairs as well. He wasn't worried though. He could well afford what needed doing. He smiled at a supper shoes with Bella. As he suspected, she only wanted him for as long as she thought he was rich and could take care. Take her to five star restaurants and buy her expensive presents. When he had the repairs in hand, he put on a gray vested business suit, polished boots, and his best creamy stetson and went over to Marge's to have a showdown with Tilly. Now he opened the door 
Alright, guilty of welcoming all one. Glad you're okay, boss. Glad you're okay, boss. She said stiffly. Me too. You're great. Where is everybody? In the kitchen. We're just having lunch. There's plenty, she had. He slipped an arm around her shoulders and kissed her wrinkled forehead with Jennifer. I've missed you. He said simply walked her into the kitchen. Marge and girls looked up, smiling happily. They all rushed to hug him and fuss over him. Now made min minstro. Marjorie said, sit down and have a bowl with us. It smells delicious. He remarked, putting his hat on the counter. Sat down, looking around carefully. Where's Tilly? There's a long silence. Marjorie, she's gone. Gone. He's gone. Where? To Houston. Marjorie played time. She phoned some classmates and found an apartment she could share. Then she phoned the dean at home and arranged to teach her. As an adjacent for night classes, orientation was today, so she was able to sign up for her master's classes. JB looked at his bowl with blind eyes. Tilly had gone away. She'd seen him with Bella, decided that he decided that he didn't want her, cut her losses, and run for the border. Added to what she remembered, the painful things he'd said to her the day of the wreck, he couldn't blame her for that. She didn't know how drastically he changed order. Now he had to find a way back into her life. It wasn't going to be easy. She'd never fully trust him again, but he wasn't giving up before he started. Told himself firmly he'd never really tried to court Tilly. If she still cared at all, she wouldn't be able to resist him any more than he could resist her. Tilly was fine in her new routine wearing. She taught a night class in history for four hours, two nights a week. She went to classes three other days during the week. She was young and strong, and she knew she could cope. But she didn't sleep well, remembering Bella curled close in J.B.'s arm the night of the tornado. He wouldn't marry the beautiful woman. She knew that he wouldn't marry anyone. But he had nothing to offer Tilly, and she knew and suffered for it. One of her classmates, John, who helped her find a room the night before she came back to Houston, paused by her table in the college coffeehouse. Tilly, can you cover me in anthropology? Yes, I've got to work tomorrow morning. She grinned up at him. John, liked her, like her, was doing master's work, along, although his was in anthropology. Tilly was taking the course as in lecture. I'll make sure I take good notes. How about covering for me in literature? I'll have a test to grade in my night school class. No problem, he said, and he grinned down at her with a hand on the back of her chair. Sure. Sure you don't want to go out to dinner with me Friday night? He was good-looking and sweet, but he liked to drink until he didn't. She was searching for a reply when she turned her gaze to the door. Her heart jumped up in her throat. J.B. was standing just inside the door of the crowded cafe, searching. He spotted her and came right on. His eyes never leaving hers. As he wound through the crowd, he stopped at her table. He spared John a brief glance. I've made vile threats. I better run, Jason. See you later, Tilly. Sure thing. JB pulled out a chair and sat down, tossing his hat idly on the chair beside her. He didn't smile. His eyes weren't curiously warm. You ran, Tilly. You ran, Tilly. She couldn't pretend not to know what he was talking about. She pushed back her wavy hair and picked up her coffee cup. It seemed sensible. Did it? She sipped coffee. Did the tornado do much damage at the ranch? She enough to keep me busy for several days, or I've been here sooner. He told her he paused that the waitress came by, ordered himself a cup of cup cappuccino, glanced at Tilly and Make that two cups. He told the waitress. She smiled and went to fill the order while J.B. watched Tilly's face. You can't afford it on your budget, he said, knowing my treat. Thanks, she murmured. He leaned back in the chair and looked at her intently and smiled. Heard from Grange. She shook her head. He phoned before I left Jacobsville to say he was going back to Washington, D.C. Apparently, it was subpoenaed to testify against his former commanding officer, who's been court-martialed. You know, Cat Carr told me he and Blake Kelp and Grange served in the same division in Iraq. He said Grange's commanding officer had him thrown out of the army and took credit for a successful incursion that was Grange's idea. 
He told me, she replied. The waitress came back with steaming cappuccinos for both of them. JB picked his up and sipped it till he sniffed hers with eyes closed, smiled. She loved the rich brew. After a minute, JB met her asking, Tilly, is this what you really want? He asked, indicating the coffee house in the college campus. The question startled her. She toyed with the hint over him. Of course it is. She left. When I get my doctorate, I can teach at a college level. And that's all you want from life, yes. A career. She couldn't look at it. We both know I'll never get very far any other way. I have plenty of friends who cry on my shoulder about their girlfriends or ask me to take notes for them in class or keep their cats when they go on holiday. She said, I'm not the sort of woman that men want for keeps. He closed his eyes on a wave of guilt. He said such horrible things to her. She already had a low soap image. He lowered it more. Feel a bad temper. Beauty alone isn't worth much. He said after a minute. Neither as well. After I got out of the emergency room, I went home to an empty house, Tilly. He said sadly. I stood there in the vestibule with crystal chandeliers and Italian marble all around me. Mahogany staircases, Persian roads, and suddenly I felt like being alone in a tomb. You know what, Telly? Well, this isn't enough. In fact, there's nothing unless you have someone to share it with. You've got Bella, she said with more bitterness than she knew. I told her I was in the hole and likely to lose everything. He commented amusingly. She suddenly remembered an invitation to spend the summer in the sun with her aunt. Tilly's eyes lifted his. She was afraid to hope. He reached across the table, caught her fingers in his. Finish your cappuccino, he said. I want to talk to you. She was hardly aware of what she was doing. This must be a dream. J.B. sitting here with her, holding her hand. She was going to wake up any minute. Meanwhile, she might as well enjoy the fantasy. She smiled at him, sipped her cappuccino, took her out to his car, and put her in the passenger side. When he was settled behind the wheel, he reached back and brought out a shopping bag with colored paper, tastefully arranging it. Open it, he said. She reached in and pulled out a beautiful lace black Matilda with red roses and brittle across it. She got her breath. She couldn't. She collected the beautiful things. This was the prettiest one she'd ever seen. She looked at it with a question in her eyes. In her eyes, I picked it out myself. He told her quietly, "I didn't send Garrett shopping this time. Don't stop. There's more." On the bottom of the bag, puzzled, she'd reached down and her fingers closed around a velvet box with a bow on it. She pulled it out, stared at it curiously. Another watch. She wondered. Go on, open it. She took off the bow and opened the box. Inside was another box. Surrounding, she opened that one, too, and found a very small square box. She opened that one, too, caught a breath. It was a diamond. Not too big, not too small, but of a perfect quality in what looked like expensive yellow gold. Next to it was an elegant... equally elegant band studded with diamonds that matched the solitaire. Maybe he was holding his breath, although it didn't show. She made his searching case. I don't understand. He took the box from her, lifted out of the solitary, and slid gently on her ring. Now do you understand? She was afraid to try. Surely it was still part of the dream. If not, it was a cruel choke. You don't want me. She said, barely, I'm ugly, and you can't bear me to touch you. He pulled her across his arms and kissed her with unbanished passion, cradling her against his broad chest while his mouth proceeded to wear down all her protests. When she was clinging to him, breathless, he folded her in his arms and rocked her hungrily. I was ashamed that you found me like that with Bella. He said to her, it was like getting caught red-handed in the adulterous relationship. For God's sake, don't you have any idea how I feel about you, Tilly? <laughs> I was frustrated and impatient, and Bella was handy. But I've never slept with her yet, from, and I never would have. You have to believe that. She was really mentally. She let her head side back on his shoulder so that she could see it. But why were you so cruel? His lean hand pressed against her cheek, caressingly.
Do you remember when you were 18? Yes, and I made love to you on the couch in the study. She said, yes, yes. You love being kissed, but when I started touching you, I felt you draw back. You liked kissing me, but you weren't comfortable with anything more intimate than that. You didn't feel anything. Approaching passion, Tilly. You were like a child. You sucked in a harsh breath, and I was burning burning aching to have you i knew you were too young it was unfair of me to push you into a relationship you weren't nearly ready for he studied her shock pain so i drew back and waited and waited i grew bitter from the waiting it made me grow her eyes were wide shocked delighted she realized what had been going on she had dreamed that he might feel something that's powerful for her so yes now you see it don't you he breathed low in his mouth to hers again savoring her shy response i was at the end of my rope and you seemed just the same. Desperation made me cruel. Then, then he was. You lost your memory, and I had you in my house. I touched you, and you wanted me. You kissed her hungrily, roughly. I was over the moon, Tilly. You've forgotten temporarily all the terrible things that I said to you when you caught me with Bella. But it ended all too soon. Your memory came back. He buried his face in her neck, rocking her. You hated me. I didn't know what to do, so I waited some more and hoped. I might still be waiting, except the Bella told me she saw you crying in the emergency room when I thought you hadn't even come to see about me after the tornado kiss. Tornado hit. He kissed her again hungrily and felt with a sense of wonder, her arms clinging to him, her mouth answering the passion of his. You brought that awful woman to Marge's house and let her insult me. She played hotly. He kissed her lap. You were jealous. He replied on shamefully happy. He gave me hope. I dangled Bella to make you jealous. Worked almost too well. You bitches, man. She keeps, but she's still smiling. Look who's talking, he John. Grange gave me some bad moments. <laughs> I like him very much, but I didn't love him. She was like, well, no, you love me. He whispered his eyes in her face. And I love you, Tilly. He whispered as he bit in her mouth. I love you with all my heart. She closed her eyes and gave into his door, blind to the fact that they were sitting in a parking, parked car on a college campus. Felt some disturbance around her and looked up in front of the car were three students with quickly printed squares of poster paper. One said nine and two said ten. They were great J.B. on his technique. He followed her muse gaze and burst out laughing. She drew up closer. Don't protest. He murmured as he went in. I'm going for a perfect score. He took her back to his hotel. His attentions were honorable, of course, but it was inevitable that once they were alone, he'd kiss her. He did, and all at once the raging fever he contained for so many years broke its bonds with glorious abandonment. Jamie, she protested weakly as he picked her up, carried her into the one of the bedrooms in his suite, closing the door for me behind him. You can't stop an avalanche, honey. He ground out against I'm sorry. I love you. I can't wait any longer. She was flat on her back, her jeans on the floor, swiftly joined by her blouse and everything underneath. He looked down on her with harsh, harsh fucker. I knew you'd be perfect, Tilly. He whispered as he bit to touch his mouth, reverently to her breast. There was hardly any sane answers to that sort of rapt delight. She felt faintly apprehensive, but she was wearing an engagement ring, and it was apparent that it wasn't a sham. Poetry. She came straight up off the bed as his mouth increased his form pressure on her breast and began to taste it with his tongue. Like that, do you? He was right. It's only his beginning. As he spoke, he sat up, quickly removed every bit of fabric that would have separated them. Shyly, she looked at his hard, muscular body with eyes that showed equal parts of awe and appreciation, apprehension. People have been doing this for a millennium. He whispered as he lowered his body against her. If it didn't feel good, nobody would indulge. Well, yes, but she began. 
His lean hands moved over mouth. You have to trust me, he says. Oh, I won't hurt you, I swear. Their body relaxed on I've heard stories of you. I'm not in them. He replied easily. If I were less modest, I'd tell you that woman used to write my telephone number on bathroom walls. That tickled her and she laughed. Don't you dare brag about your conquest, she murmured. You love practice, he said in her smile. I was practicing while I waited for you, and this is what I learned. Tilly, he added as his body slid against hers, she held his hands and his mouth all over. The lights were on, and she couldn't have cared less. Sensation upon sensation rippled through her untired body. She saw J.B.'s face harden, his dark green eyes glittering as he increased the pressure of his powerful legs to part hers. As his mouth swallowed one small firm breast and drew her in his tongue against it in a sweet, harsh rhythm, he was touching her in ways she'd only read about. She gasped and moaned, and finally begged. She hadn't dreamed that her body could feel such things, could react in this headlong, demanding, instant way to a man's slow, instant adore. The slow thrust of his body widened her eyes, alarming, and she tensed when he whispered to her, kissed her eyes closed, and never stopped for an instant, found the place and the pressure that made her body... But made her begin to sob and dig her nails into his hips. Then he smiled as he increased the rhythm and heard her cry out again and again with helpless delight. It seemed hours before he finally gave in to his own need and shuddered against her in a culmination that extended his wildest dreams of fulfillment. He held her close, intimately joined to him, and fought to get enough air to breathe. Cataclysmic, he whispered in her inner That's what it was. She was shivering, too. Having experienced what the self-help articles referred to as multiple combinations of pleasure, I never dreamed. She exclaimed breathlessly. Neither did I, sweetheart. He said, Neither did I. He moved and rolled over, drawing her close against his side. They were both damp with sweat and pulsating in the aftermath of explosions of satisfaction. March would kill us both. She began to joke. Not likely. She's been busy on our behalf. What? She asked. You're off with the dark hair. Sending out emailed invitations, calling caterers, ordering stuff. Which reminds me, I hope you're free Saturday. We're getting married at the ranch. She said, I'm guessing. We're what? Getting married, he replied. So, why do you think I bought two rings? But you've been swearing for years that you never get married. Did you remember why? And her eyes was because of that woman, the one you were going to marry, she said worriedly. He drew her down beside him and looked at her solemnly. When I was 21, I fell in love. She was my exact opposite because my father opposed the marriage. I rebelled and ran headlong into it. She took the easy way out rather than fighting him. You were right about that, although it hurt me to acknowledge it. He said quietly, you'd have marched right up to my father and told him, do his worst. He smiled. It's one of the things I love about you, that stubborn determination. She wasn't strong enough to stand up to him, so she killed herself. It would have been a disaster if she hadn't. Yeah, I'd have walked all over her and she'd have been miserable. All things worked out. She saved her brother from prison, both of us from bitter life together. I was already happened that way. I think she was mentally unstable. She was unhappy and she couldn't see a future without me. She'd been able to talk to anyone about it. I don't think she'd have done it. I always regret what my father did, but he paid for it in his way. So did I, unfortunately, till you came along and shook up my life. I didn't have much interest in living. She felt happier, knowing that she was sad for his fiance, but she couldn't be sad that she ended up with J.B. Traced her eyebrows. Looking more in her face, her soft body was slow to enter traces. I never knew what love was until you were 18. It was too soon, but I'd have married you then. You'd been able to turn what I felt for you. Her arm closed around. It was too soon. I would agree, and I had independence. Now, yes, what about college? 
The journal so late. You can always go back to college, she murmured. I'd like to be with you for a few years. We might have a baby together, and I'll be needed at home for a while. I can teach adult education at our community college if I get the urge. I only need a BA for that, and I've got it. We might have a baby together, he teased Mom. How would that happen? She drew up one long leg and slid gently over one of his. We could do a lot more of what we've just done. She's just moving closer. If we do it enough, who knows I'm, what might happen? Curses lips and moved between her legs. More of this, you mean? He drawled easy now. Definitely more of this. He whispered unsteadily. She closed her eyes and tucked his mouth down over hers. Then she didn't speak again for a long, long time. End of chapter 11.